2: What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm your host, Nick Faye. With me, as always, Jack Manuel. Jack, what's up? A minor
1: emergency pod, Nicholas.
2: Minor emergency pod. Kept me up late tonight, but we're prepping for the season, and we got Tory and Prince on an extension. Two years, $29 million. A busy day in the NBA, and the Nets got in on it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it wasn't as lofty as some of the other deals that were done with Jalen Brown, Buddy Hill, DeMontis Sabonis, but... And there are some positives to this deal for the Brooklyn Nets. And I've, I've heard mainly good things. and have listened to a few NBA pods that have criticized it somewhat, but I can see both sides to it. And I think it's a good deal. And funnily enough, when we did his player preview, uh, that'll be coming out very soon and we did Ronnie on courts combined with it, we sort of said 11 to $14 million per year. Didn't see necessarily a two-year extension, though, which was the year number probably the most surprising thing.
2: Yeah, and I think it really works out for both parties being a two-year extension where the Nets... Aren't risking a ton because it's not like they put in big money, and also gives Torian Prince the chance to kind of prove himself and get another really big contract out there. But just quick reminder before we get any further, you know you can find the show on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, TGbasketball.com, NetzerPublic.com, Dash Radio, Google Play, and YouTube. Uh, we've dropped a ton of player previews, like Jack mentioned, including Torian Prince and Rodion's. Also dropped our season preview, and that's where you can find our game recaps for this upcoming season. But how much do you think? the busy day in the NBA with all these players signing extensions impacted the Nets to kind of extend Torian Prince, because if he went into free agency, there's a the chance he rose pretty high in terms of the top free agents.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good point, Nick. Um, I think at the end of the day, though, I, I don't think Sean Marks does deals, makes deals, uh, gives contracts out based on what other teams are doing. I think that this was sort of, looked at in-house and it shows, you know, we sort of talked about Joseph Sy in terms of willing to pay the tax, you know, this extension. And now it's essentially just Joe Harris and Gary Temple, who has a player option uh, after this season that are the free agents on the roster. So uh, this nucleus that we have going forward is going to be together for the next three years. And then after 2021, 22, uh, or 2022, 23, then you can sort of reset and sort of go from there, whether Kevin Durant and, and Kyrie Irving opt out of their sort of options. But maybe there was some internal pressure from it. Um, but at the end of the day, I think this was done. Uh, I think it might have been done beforehand. And I don't think you know Toy and Prince would have been getting an incredibly lofty deal because a lot of the teams that had money um, to spend were, were teams like the Atlanta Hawks. And uh, the Atlanta Hawks aren't going to be going back for Toy and Prince again.
2: Now Jack, do you think having such a big preseason where he led the Nets in points, 16.8 points per game or 60% from the field and almost 70% from 3 impacted his chance to get this extension or Sean Marks already had his eye on this guy when he made the trade for him in that Allen Crab dump?
1: I think it certainly did, Nick. I think you can't Discount the form that he has shown, probably been one of our top two, top three players in the preseason, you know, in terms of his performances and consistency. And the importance that he has to this roster, as we mentioned in the player previous series, he's our best wing that we have on the roster right now. He has so much upside on the defensive side, partly because he's been quite poor on that end before. But like I mentioned before, he's shown glimpses throughout this preseason up against Anthony Davis, even moments on LeBron James, where he has shown some real acumen there and some real commitment on that end of the floor. And, you know, he showed his appreciation to, to the Brooklyn Nets franchise. And when he did tweet out, he said, goes to show you how great this organization is more so than how good of a player I am. They've embraced my family and I from day one. I could be anywhere, but God brought me here for a reason. And that's to help win. And to win you must sacrifice. So I guess in that sort of end, Nick, he didn't he almost took unders. And it seems to me a trend for this Brooklyn Nets franchise. Spencer Dimony, Carol Savert, and Prince. All these guys are taking unders, it seems.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's like this team really has a goal to win a championship and they're a little bit closer than probably a lot of people anticipate being such a new team. And it's great to see from Prince and we know players kind of value themselves a little bit more than necessarily the public, but that's what you're supposed to do. Now, Jack, do you think, you know, Torian Prince guarantees and that's a championship window almost next year in the, in the condition that Kevin Durant is, you know, 90% next season?
1: Yeah, I think that having Toyin Prince on the roster, you need to have capable wings at the most important position. And I think it certainly puts us in the, in the limelight, puts us in that sort of tier of championship contention. Now, obviously, so many things can happen in 12 months. So many things can happen in, in, in weeks and days in this crazy season. But it certainly doesn't hurt at all, Nick. And I think having Toyin and Prince, and hopefully he shows some real growth on the defensive end more than anything, because we know he's a shooter, We know he's got some real offensive pop. Um, and we know he can work in that offensive system for Coach Kenny. It's almost like um, Coach Kenny's wet dream, a wing that can shoot threes and hopefully play some really high-level defense. He's going to be incredibly important. So having him as a starting three alongside Kevin Durant, you know, projecting forward, obviously, lots of things can happen, as I mentioned, uh, before that point does get does even get there. Um, but it's certainly a luxury to have.
2: Yeah, and I should have mentioned this when we, I asked you about the preseason thing. But I think not only, like, his play in the preseason helped, but his fit in the net system kind of signaled to them like, hey, this is a guy that'll really work well with us. He's versatile, 3-4 wing, can knock down the three ball. And he's also just a great complementary piece to other star players and other playmakers out there. And like you've been harping on, the defensive potential he has, it could just be a really incredible fit. If you know, We're obviously talking hypotheticals in a sense, but it's a likely hypothetical that the Nets will have a starting lineup of Kyrie Irving, Karis Avert, Torian Prince, Kevin Durant, and Jared Allen next season.
1: It's an exciting uh, potential starting five that's for sure Nick and obviously I think we sort of talked about the commitment in terms of what's happening this preseason but you know the Brooklyn Nets did give up something to get Toyin Prince in the first place getting giving up that was it a first rounder
2: yeah so there was two first round picks in the Allen uh, Allen Crab salary dump and a lot of fans were like oh those two picks were to dump crab but really realistically I always believe this too and we could go back to the podcast and listen to it one pick was for Dumpin' dumping crab and one pick was for Torian Prince.
1: It's, it essentially was. And I, I think that it makes the most sense. So you're essentially giving up a first round pick to get uh, a wing at a valuable position. Um, and you're committing to him in the, in this sort of short term. Were you surprised at the length of the deal, Nick?
2: Um, Somewhat, but I think for like the Nets, it makes sense, especially, you know, we mentioned Spencer Dimity earlier, where they didn't do the long-term contract because it would almost be an underpay for some of the guys and it wouldn't give them a chance to go out and get one more big contract. I think for Torian Prince at the end of this deal, he'll be... 29 years old so we could get one more big deal and the nets also don't want to commit money because they don't exactly know who torian prince is you know they've seen what he did in atlanta they saw him in the preseason but it's not like he played on brooklyn last year and they don't know him to the highest level so i think it's almost a safe safe length for both both parties
1: if you were sean marks in and you know you you are the gm of the brooklyn nets would you have given this deal or would you have waited out the season
2: I think, honestly, I know we talked about how we don't like to be pressured from the outside, but with all those moves happening, I think it almost forced your hand to a sense where you don't want to let Torian Prince get onto the open market because if he does have an incredible season, there's a chance you can't keep him because it just might be too big of a number or now you have to decide between him and Joe Harris and now it's, or you're just like extremely deep in the luxury tax and that kind of even limits you in different ways.
1: Yeah, and I think in in that sense as well, if Torian Prince had have played well and had proven himself over the 82 games, it could have been an even more expensive extension. We could have been giving him four years, $52 million, which, you know, harpers the team, you know, hampers the team somewhat to an extent as well. So it almost is like a catch 22. When you're looking at all of the, the factors that are taken in, in terms of the amount of dollars on, on offer the years, you know, it gives you a little bit of flexibility in so many different ways. And those short sort of deals, you know, we saw going back to Joe Harris, two years, $60 million, carries about three years, you know, $52.5 million, and then Spencer Dimity with about three years, $35 million. You know, there hasn't been any large extensions unless you're Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant.
2: Yeah, exactly. And this is kind of like not the most likely scenario, but the shorter deal makes it a better trade asset too you know, the team that's trading for him doesn't necessarily have to commit to him long term or if it's an expiring contract type thing further down the line because it didn't look like the Nets would trade him this year, but maybe when KD comes back, there's another all-star out there and they can make a really, really big splash. Now they have another tradable contract.
1: Yeah, exactly. And in that sense, sort of Nick, weighing up all the pros and cons you know, if you're grading the the nets move and, and the contract extension and everything overall, if you're giving them a grade A, B, C, D, E, F, what are you going to give Shaw marks based on this extension alone?
2: I'll go with a. Uh... B plus here. I think it was a solid move. I don't think it's his best move because there is still a chance that we don't know who Torian Prince is, or if he's going to have a great season because like I've mentioned before, he didn't play in Brooklyn, but it also has the potential to be a steal. He could end up earning a contract if he didn't sign this extension for maybe about 18 or 20 million this upcoming offseason. But now they have him at a good price around 15. I think you like it. And you like it for the senses when you're capped out and you have guys like Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and DeAndre Jordan, and Karis Avert and Spencer Dinwiddie, you're not going to have options to bring in free agents or bring in pieces. You keep him here. And like I mentioned, he could be a trade asset too. So I think it's a good move in, in terms of long-term and short-term.
1: Yeah, I think if you're taking all things into account, you know, it's not necessarily the highest risk. So I think it's, it's relatively low risk, medium risk. Obviously, there are things that could happen that could make it look probably worse than it is but if we're comparing it to some other offer sheets and contract extensions that Sean Marks has put on the table you know to the likes of Alan Crabb and Tyler Johnson you know the, the short amount of the extension it's almost like he's learned his own um, mistakes learned from his own mistakes there is not a lot of risk involved compared to the fact that you know the risk could have been obviously that they could have had to hand out more and all these other myriad of factors that you're sort of talking about in comparison to other players I think the only other player on the market that probably would have garnered some a high level of amount of buzz, especially right now, is Brandon Ingram. Uh, Brandon Ingram is essentially the, the only really guy left on the market who is going to be probably one of the more coveted free agents. And that's saying something heading into this new class. So I think you do make a fair point in that regard.
2: Yeah, I think I was looking over the list with uh, Corey actually earlier today. You have, you know, Brandon, obviously Anthony Davis with the Lakers, who's most likely going to stay there. You got Brandon Ingram, Andre Drummond, Gallinari, Joe Harris. You know, there's a couple guys out there, but a lot of guys signed their extensions today. It was really crazy to see it all kind of come down to the wire.
1: Yeah, it's, I guess it's sort of almost like free agency day, almost when everything sort of comes out and pops out. I was really surprised you know, I woke up and I was just, you know, looking at all the DMs that was sort of, hap- sort of happening and it was surprising. And I, I think when Tori and Prince was sort of announced, I was literally just about to walk into work and I'm like, oh, okay, here's something. And, you know, sort of look at it and you try the the immediate reaction is like, well, sure, Marks has done it again, but obviously no greater than A+. plus. You know, you look at all the deals in comparison Out of all the deals that were done today, it's probably one of the better deals because of the low risk involved and because of the fact that, you know when not, it's not an extensive deal and you're paying for somewhat of upside but also you're giving the player the option like you mentioned nick to get back on the market and earn another sort of solid deal so i think it benefits all parties involved
2: and just the fact is you're legitimately a championship team you need depth you have the stars you have all the pieces now and i tweeted something out you know the nets have a great combination when katie is healthy of elite talent and young potential Like Torian Prince's best basketball is in front of him. He can definitely improve. You know, other guys in his team like Karis LeVert, Jared Allen. And it's kind of a perfect mix, you know, maybe if KD or Kyrie ever take a step back moving forward, these other guys can kind of step up and take some of that load.
1: Yeah, I think it just makes everything the balance of this roster. There is um, a stability within it um, in terms of the fact that, you know, guys have gotten paid, so they're not really going out there to prove anything. They're an individual worth. You know, they're all there. They're all uh, wanting to achieve a common goal. They want to get that chip. It's unlikely this season, but, you know, we can certainly make some steps. And I think all of these deals, um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Joe Harris next. But I think that's probably down the line. where probably a bit more focused on what's happening at the starting points of the regular season.
2: Now, Jack, one last question. This is just kind of for fun. If the Nets were 100% healthy this year, would they be the best team in the Eastern Conference?
1: Yes, because Kevin Durant is that good.
2: I agree. I think the depth would be incredible. You'd be starting Kyrie, Lavert, Prince, KD, Jared Allen. Your bench would look like Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, Garrett Temple, Joe Harris, Rodions, and DeAndre Jordan.
1: You're literally looking at, in a sense, what the Clippers have right now in terms of the amount of top-end talent with the amount of depth. And because the the, the Nets are missing their key piece, it's like how if Paul George were to be out an extended period. To be honest, it's more like a Kawhi Leonard would to be out for an extended period. But the Nets are still a very good team. You know, I've talked them up as a third seed. Um, It does all start in in, in only a couple of days. We'll be getting those game recaps to you soon enough. Um, And there's, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie's contract still has to be finalized. There seems to be some progress with uh, him in the NBA. So that's uh, obviously a good sign for him as well. Um, But I think we're really excited to just get the basketball up and going.
2: Yes, sir. And uh, keep an eye out. We maybe drop a preview before opening night. And like Jack mentioned, we'll definitely be doing the game recaps. And as always, we appreciate you guys checking in. And like we mentioned, you can find the show on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, otgbasketball.com, Google Play, Dash Radio, and YouTube. Also head to design tree slash off the glass. Use discount code OTG5. Save yourself $5 on a Brooklyn Buzz tee.
0: Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns.